Welcome to Duct Tape and Paper Clips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And tonight we are breaking down season two, episode seven, The Road Not Taken. Yeah, we're going to find out how that holds up. Uh, but first, let's catch up a little. Annie, what's going on in your world? How is your week? What's going on? My week was good. My week continues to be about hiking and watching uh, television and movies. Those are the two things that I do during this pandemic. Yeah, um, you told me that you watched something very surprising to me <laughs> for the first time. Today. I had never seen any of any Harry Potter media at all. <laughs> Just a collective gasp runs through our entire listening audience. I just as you say that. Let me ask you this: Why is that surprising? I mean, because it's because everyone in the universe was obsessed with it for like twenty years. Yeah, not not. I, I. mean, I'm not surprised. Knowing you, I'm not surprised that you were like, "That's not for me." <laughs> you know. So it was pointed out to me that like I'm probably I'm not too old for it. I always thought I was too old for it, but there are plenty of people my age and older who are into it. Um, but when it came out, I definitely felt I was too cool for it. I mean, a hundred percent. Like and I actually <laughs> remember. Um, I was in orchestra, which is something I was not too cool for. Okay. Um, and I and we played the Harry Potter theme at mm. one of our orchestra concerts, presumably because some of the younger kids like lobbied our sure you know, orchestra director to, to have us play it. And I remember at the time being like, this is like for babies. Like, what is this? Oh, the irony of feeling too cool for Harry Potter, but playing the music in your orchestra. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was lost on me at the time. Yeah. It's not now. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it just was not something I was into. So I finally um, watched the first one because I was scrolling around on Peacock to see what they had. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? I watched the Lord of the Rings for the first time in the pandemic. I did that. Um, there was a bunch of other things that I like gave a chance. I finally went back and watched Game of Thrones before the final season. Cause like, these are all kind of like the fantasy yep. realm. I would like to sort of at least have a better sense of that genre. So I watched it and I really felt uh, that it was okay. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it was, okay. It was yeah. okay. Yeah. And I mean, that early movie, there was so much pressure on it to be just like the book. And it mm -hmm. really, I mean, one of the ma major criticisms of it when it came out was like, this is almost like too close to the book. It's kind of, yeah, kind of sucked the air out of it because it had to be so like letter perfect to the book. Because people had already been so invested yeah. in the book. Yeah. And then that... luckily the movies were allowed to breathe a little more as they got into movies two, three, four, five. Um, so there are a few of the movies that are like actually kind of interesting and fun. On. Number three is a really good director and a really kind of messed up take on it. And I enjoyed that one. But um, yeah, and everybody, I mean, my story about Harry Potter is that, you know, I was an adult, a young adult by the time those books came out. But uh, as fate would have it, my very first job in New York City was working as like a, an intern at Scholastic. Mm -hmm. And just it was after the second book had come out. And it was, it, that was when they started talking movie deals. That was when they started realizing, and, and people started realizing, oh, this is going to be a live action movie. It's not going to be an animated movie. This is going to be huge. And everyone couldn't wait to see what would happen in the third book. And there was a, there was one galley copy of the third, of the third Harry Potter book that mm -hmm. was going around the office that didn't have a cover on it that you were allowed to take home and sign out and bring back. So I got to read the third Harry Potter book before anybody else in the world. That's my claim to fame. And then of course... I stopped in midway through number four. I was like, this is too long. I'm not doing it. I'm an well, adult. Well, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> that's like a right out of Devil Wears Prada, that yeah. story. <laughs> it um, felt like it, yeah. It's funny because I I felt, because I was closer to, frankly, I'm a lot closer to Anne Hathaway's age than I am mm -hmm. to any of the actors in Harry yeah. Potter. And so that movie was sort of like Anne Hathaway having to get the Harry Potter for like the younger girls um, who were to it. And that was honestly kind of my perception of Harry Potter is this thing that was kind of for kids. So I did watch the first two. I do feel the need to say that I do not agree with anything J.K. Rowling says of course. Um, in recent. <laughs> Let's cancel her all to hell. And I also felt that, I mean, I gasped when I saw that scene in the bank, like oh, the oh with the little the Jewish bankers. trolls in the bank? Like, that was Absolutely yeah. disgusting. And I am really surprised that that even flew for that 
you know, recently. Um, that was wild to me to yeah, see. Yeah, that is shocking. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty wild. So I watched that. I also watched um, Judas and the Black Messiah this week. Um, Highly recommend if people um, haven't seen that to watch it. Um, A story that I did not know. Really? um, Well, I didn't know about the informant piece of it Mm -hmm. at all. Um, And I was familiar with Fred Hampton, obviously, but like very interesting antidote to um, trial of of the Chicago seven, Um, like very interesting take. Um, I would also recommend there is a Judas and the Black Messiah podcast, an official one um, with Elvis Mitchell. It's great because they interview the cast and they interview the family and they talk about like how, how, how hard it was to get the family's approval and how involved they were in the movie. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, what else is going on? Oh, I'm going to have, I, I am excited because I have this nephew, Carter. You've seen him on social media. He's eight years old. We've um, heard him on this podcast. Oh, right. We had him on this podcast. Um, anyway, he's uh, he's great. And um, everybody in the whole situation has been quarantining and testing and all that. Um, and as a result, I'm going to get to have him over to my house for three days. Oh, um, fun. Which I, I'm just... They, just the idea is making me excited. The idea of like having a kid around and like another person in the house and getting to, you know, I've been seeing him, but it's been like very distant outside Mm -hmm. mask, all this stuff to be able to like watch TV with my eight year old nephew is such a luxury that I'm very much looking forward to. So yeah, that'll be super fun. Um, You get to, you know, do a bunch of stuff with him that he's not supposed to do at home. Like all kinds of junk food and don't think I won't. Yep. Anyway, it'll be good. Um, maybe we'll watch some MacGyver. He, he was very adamant that he wanted to watch more. He episodes said he of wanted MacGyver. to watch more of it, uh, and he did call it MacGyver. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> when I friend of the show, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, oh man, the fact that this kid is the same age that I was. Like when, and I keep referencing when I was watching MacGyver. Mm-hmm. The fact that I look at him and I'm like, that's the age I was. That's bonkers. It's it's pretty young, honestly, Very for young. a lot of the themes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this was fun. We should get to our guest. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is an amazing guest. He's a hilarious comedian and writer. You can get his album everywhere. It's called Riddled with Disease. I have it. It's very funny. He's also the co-host of The Dollop, one of the just best and funniest podcasts in the damn world. Please welcome our friend Gareth Reynolds. Hi, Gareth. Hello. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Annie. (laughs) It's a pleasure. You sound almost sheepish, which you shouldn't. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sheepish. I mean, I just... Your eyeline right now is still meeting your television. That's... (laughs) I am... Well, you know... Are you watching the credits? Can I just say... No, what I have is the still of MacGyver hand gliding with a little ginger boy. And uh, that's next I, week's episode. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, I part of me was like, oh, my God, I can't wait. To, like I was watching the episode. I was like, I, how is this going to end yeah. up happening in this episode? Oh, no, that's just so, yeah. Nice I'm frame. just enamored with it. Oh, so great. So how are you? What's new? How's, how's, how's you've been? busy you've pivoted and done tons of stuff over the pandemic uh which has been really entertaining to watch how have you been you know in general uh you know good i'm ready for uh normalcy in some fashion to come back uh i'm ready to come back to the vermont comedy club yeah that setup is so amazing uh but yeah i've just been um i mean yeah trying to figure out other ways to perform or at least pretend like I'm performing. Yeah, it is what it is. I miss the regular version, but I think there's there's some growth that's happened in this version as well. Yeah, you think like the, the, you will take something out of this whole two-year debacle and it'll help you on stage when you finally do get back there? I think I'm. I think even if I don't, I'm going to one of the people who has to lie to myself and say that I have gotten something out of this. <laughs> right. Otherwise, it'll just be too depressing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I think for sure. I mean, I, I've had the luxury of still kind of like doing improvised stand-up shows from my home. Mm. And that gives me a lot of like premises and stuff like that. And so I'm looking at it positively that way. And then, you know, I was saying to someone the other day, like I would have never taken a year off ever. I would just, you know what I mean? And I did, we all did. And so it's been very sort of strange. And it's going to be fascinating to see 
uh, how that affects everyone when they when things come back and things reopen. Like some comedians, I feel like are going to be better. Some are going to be much worse. You know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, well, a lot of a lot of them haven't stopped doing shows. I mean, yeah, I have, true, <laughs> true. Some of them are dead. Some of them, yeah. A lot of a lot of, <laughs> a lot of friends of mine. I'm like, uh, yeah. all right, okay, <laughs> take it easy now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I think for sure. I mean, I think well, the truth is, as you know you have nights when you're performing where you're like, this is such a great night. And you know, both shows are great. And then you have nights where you go, Oh my God, that first audience sucked. And, and now I think that it'll, I'm hopeful that I won't be like that in my head. I'll be like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. There's three people here. And that is the biggest <laughs> right. audience I've had in the last three years. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it for sure. And it's like, it does feel like it's not bombing when you're doing an online show, but because you don't have that, that response, it's like, well, no amount of bombing after this is going to feel as bad as like the dead silence that follows a zoom joke, you know? Yeah. Well, you can at least like figure out why you've bombed instead of just, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it really is just like shouting into the voice. I mean, like when I do the improvised shows from my home there, like people will be like, when you said that, and I'll be like, I don't, re I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anything that I said. Put it I'm in just the like, survey monkey I send out after the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it, I'm very excited for, for yeah. things to return in some way. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, I have to ask how, uh, what is your experience with MacGyver, if any, before this episode you watched i i certainly have not watched a lot of macgyver um i've definitely seen a couple episodes i mean i don't even know how old i was when it came out well, it was out around the same time as the a team i would assume yeah, right yeah, they feel yeah, like yeah. they're so i definitely watched a lot of the a team so mm -hmm. i probably went over to the a team but i've definitely seen macgyver but uh re-familiarizing myself was was a, <laughs> a pleasure and an honor yeah, <laughs> this was a good one. Yeah, uh, how did you feel immediately after watching this episode? Like, oh what, what was running through your mind? <laughs> well, as you saw, I couldn't stop smiling. I was just <laughs> sort of like in a euphoric, like nitrous buzz. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of nostalgia because it just is so on brand of that era of action where it is just we didn't require too much plot. Punching was a severe weapon. Yeah. Um, there's some nostalgia to it, but I was very surprised at how really, I mean, there's really not much happening outside of we need to get MacGyver to some things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three to yeah. four times an episode, MacGyver has to be around a bunch of shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lock him in a room and see. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the ending of this, uh, yes, we'll talk, we can talk about that another. But I was like, this is not what you, this guy's been chasing MacGyver the whole episode. And he's like, we'll put him in there. All right, let's take a night off. It's yeah. like, dude, not, you don't. It is bizarre that he is always contained in spaces that have a bunch of raw materials to work with. Like no yeah. one thinks to put him in just a, a plain old, you know, concrete <laughs> cell. Kill him. Just kill him. Just, just kill shoot. Him. Kill him. <laughs> no, there uh, was such a cat and mouse one in this one. <laughs> he found like his MacGyver counterpart, you know, another MacGyver. That's a pretty frequent trope, I would say. Often it's a child who has like inventive skill and they're like, look oh. at this kid who's kind of like MacGyver. Well, it was also good to have his, um, I forget her name, but his uh, his long lost love, his forlorn. Yeah, Deborah. Deborah, yeah. Deborah, right. Who could just be like, geez, I just forgot that you just can make stuff out of nothing, huh? You really are still doing that eight years later, huh, Mac? That's her whole purpose in this episode. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I can. we want to jump into this, so let's do this. Um, we always do a little summary to refresh people's memory of what happened in this episode. Uh, so, Annie, can we get a summary of The Road Not Taken? <laughs> yes, it's an honor as always. Uh, MacGyver and Pete travel to Southeast Asia to rescue a pair of nuns and a group of orphans they are caring for the group is being targeted by a corrupt captain and his soldiers. One of the nuns, Deborah, is MacGyver's ex-girlfriend, while Pete has a history of his own with the other nun, Margaret. <laughs> the four manage to get the orphans out of harm's way, but Mac and Deborah get separated from the group and are chased through the jungle by the soldiers and eventually captured. Pete and Margaret successfully repair a broken chopper so it can fly back to the orphanage just in time to see MacGyver's homemade flair and rescue him and Deborah. And that 
was this episode. <laughs> so great. All right. Well, um, uh, we always start kind of here by uh, talking about the low-hanging fruit. What are the things we absolutely have to talk about about this episode? Uh, Gareth, what were your kind of first impressions? I mean, it it felt like like right at the beginning when they were sort of spelunking down the rock. Like there were moments where I was like, yeah, this is like a time when you have one of those zing liners, but it wasn't one of them. <laughs> like he was just like, what happens if the rope breaks? He's like, yeah. fall. Yeah, <laughs> that feels close to like a joke, but that's just an actual answer. Um, yeah, and and then MacGyver's hair too. I forgot about how beautiful eighties. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it should just be preserved in a hard rock somewhere. That perfect <laughs> blonde yeah. rooted mullet is esque look. Yeah, and it only gets bigger. Like as the seasons progress, it only gets longer and more flowy and. Well, I'm sure eventually he's using it. He's like, we've got more fuses. Don't worry. They're like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Oh, here's a fuse. Everything's a fuse. He was fused crazy in this episode, too. He's like, we need a lot of fuses. (laughs) Um, I also really liked, I loved the relationship between Pete and MacGyver. I love the way that, like, it's MacGyver's universe and everyone else is just a pawn in the game. (laughs) Like everyone is just aware of the brilliance. Yeah. What's of he thing. doing? I don't know, but I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? This is MacGyver. For... Look, kid, just give him the goddamn softball. Okay, he's MacGyver. <laughs> You're gonna get a new one. I yeah. wish that my boss had that same deference for me. Like, yeah. it's he's just like I don't know what he's doing, but hey, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know what Annie's doing, but she's got that softball. I got a good feeling. Yeah. Oh my god. What were what were your first impressions, Annie? Um, I mean, I gotta say, like, MacGyver had a very little respect for Deborah's life calling, I have to say. <laughs> like it was it was really uh it was really bold, I thought, of him to uh to be conversing with a woman who ha- broke up with him. Um, eight years ago and just yell at her as they're captured in this weird warehouse uh, that her entire life plan is wrong and what she's doing. And I also one thing that struck me was like this is pre sort of like mass cultural awareness of like the evils of the Catholic Church, like obviously right. not, you know, like in pop culture, it was still sort of a time where you would have kind of like a a normal gal, your ex-girlfriend decides (laughs) to become a nun. And I feel like in pop culture now, you would never see that character. Um, Oh my God. It's it's just really wild um, that that was still like a valid um, (laughs) career path. And it, it feels like the, like, modern day it would be someone who like gets really into photography or something like right. it's just strange yeah. that she decides to to go oh, yeah that it's, it's career yeah but yeah. god it, that is so true it, <laughs> it's so it's so accepted it's like of course you're gonna go be a nun yeah. But let me talk to you about another pitch. Yeah, pre like our bigger on a wider scale awareness of like how fucked up the Catholic Church was. And so I thought it was really strange that they just sort of painted that as like, yeah, not only does uh, Mac have this past with this woman, but so does Pete. And that felt like <laughs> a very strange. No, no, so this was that's yeah. my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> the craziest. <laughs> They have the same exact storyline, the two of them. It's the craziest call. It's so dumb. Oh, they both have exes who are nuns who are working together, and that they have the same story arc, the two men. In, in some cases, we yes. have two scenes back-to-back that fo- serve the same exact function in each relationship. Yeah, yeah. they're both working yeah. together toward a common goal. They're, like, trying to, you know, fix a chopper, build a flare, whatever it is. But then reminisce is. about their old... It's their ex yeah. that they're reminiscing uh. with. It, it's just so <laughs> absurd uh, that you... You know the conversation on that chopper before we caught up with them was like let's both try to get laid this week yeah what do you say we none banging this weekend what are you thinking mac i know you can make a, a car out of pipe cleaners but can you make a nun have sex with you it would have been uh wild if he was able to pull that off but i guess even macgyver doesn't yeah. i really thought she was gonna forsake god to be with him. i i, was I thought like, well, she was for a yeah. second it also. was close though she yeah. was really close i mean she even said she was feeling like basically horny in that yeah. weird shit yeah. the, the best part to me is the sad pete 
Hail Mary at the chopper <laughs> where he's like, he's saying something, you know, he's like, maybe if things were different and for whatever reason they made the choice to just, just, I mean, that's a hype, but that's so easy to just go. Yeah. Yeah. But if we, another, another path, another dimension, yeah. who knows, yeah. but she instead decides to just basically be like, no, no, yeah, even no. another life we would do it the same Pete. And he's like, yeah, yeah, all right. Well, it's been a bit of a waste of my life, hasn't it? Anyway, I gotta go save Mac. I, yeah, I love that. He's like, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking too. I just wanted to check to make sure you were right. on the same page. Yeah. Right. That's, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's exactly what I was sort of yeah. saying. In the same life, we'd do the exact same thing. Right. What I'm saying. Thank you. Couldn't agree more. Oh. I just I love that their relationship ended uh, over rare steaks uh, on uh, like in the middle of this. I was like, who made the choice yeah. to have that last tender moment between them be over if, rare steaks? If you're the pilot who's been shot less than 24 hours ago and you're sitting up front and he's yeah. getting back there, like taking the time to be rejected, you're like, buddy, could we get a yeah. move? Like this is it's not a picnic over here. I will say, though, that like Nathan, I want to point this out. Normally, mm. when we see Pete in the field, it's a, a hot mess. Like he yes. is not good outside of the <laughs> office setting. And I would count this among those, those instances. <laughs> I was really <laughs> shocked to see him repelling down that. Yeah, cliff. I don't know how much you know, Gareth, about this character, but this character's job is to sit behind a desk and do exposition and putting him in the field is just like he can't do action. You know what I mean? <laughs> He was not a great action star. No, but that's nice to hear, though, because he was really I mean, he was definitely like he was so useless. MacGyver could have just used him as a utensil in a bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I looked at him and I was like, OK, Mac looks like a soldier and Pete looks like your uncle dressing up for Halloween as a soldier. You know, yeah. it just, it does, yeah. nothing fits. Um, right. But, you know, like you see his job like it's so it cracked me up the very first minute of the episode. They're on the chopper on their way in. And he and Pete has to get out all this information. It's there's a new regime. They've started to eliminate yeah. people. There's an orphanage in the middle. We need to get them out. Boy, seeing Deborah again won't be easy for you, huh? Oh, it's my like, God. Oh, my God. Give the guy a breath mark. Uh, that, you, there should be a show with a character whose name is Exposition. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is all Pete is. So is he in every episode? Pretty From now on, pretty much. He's pretty wow. much the guy that, you know, that kind of sends Mac out on these, you know, right. these jobs. Yeah. But right. he's also it his best friend. It took them a while, uh, in my opinion, yeah. to figure <laughs> Too long. out. Yeah. It took them a while to figure out that there needed to be another character in the show um, that was <laughs> like kind of a... a um, consistent presence that, you know, MacGyver cared about and vice versa. And so they've come up with Pete as, yeah. as sure. for better or worse. Sort of an elder figure that MacGyver can look down on. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. 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 And then, and you know, when, when MacGyver's had too much voiceover narration explaining the shit that's going on, then in comes Pete to explain it some more. That's the other thing. The narration, <laughs> yeah. it, I don't think there was... There was none except for maybe one line in this. Am I crazy? Because oh, really? it's often a huge component in MacGyver's. Yeah, thing. this episode there over. was. A, well, because he had a dumb dumb to explain none. stuff to. When yeah. he doesn't have a dumb dumb, yeah. he can explain what he's doing to. Then he tells you over the voiceover. But it came in really late, and it felt like maybe it was only one time. So it was sort of just like a weird, like, all right, MacGyver voice. It's because you're not watching every episode. Because well, uh, so, yet, <laughs> yet, you, yes, yes. To steal from MacGyver, the fuse has been lit. Yeah, I know you want to see that kid on the on the hang glider, but the next episode you might want to skip it. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it. Um, but you should watch it and listen to this uh, podcast yeah, for, sure. for those for sure. at home. Yeah. I do want to watch it. Oh my God. Um, so I, I have a whole list of stuff, but I don't want to go too crazy, but obviously like Annie, this reminds me a lot of the golden triangle from last season. Uh, it's in, in that it's a lot of uh, central casting Asian guys in ill-fitting soldier clothes that look like they've come out of a community yeah. theater production of South Pacific. Um, yeah. Just like running around with guns. They don't know how to handle. Um, but uh, they, it was great that he had that there, that the, the main bad guy, was very MacGyver minded as yeah, well. Yeah, he had a brain. Yeah, he, I, and he, but like very, like he was like the footsteps thing. I was like, Jesus, this guy really. <laughs> you know, they walked backwards into the river after they took two steps out. Trust me, yeah. their shoe prints are shallower. It'd be like, don't, maybe they just have like bigger soles at the bottom. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, that guy was pretty pretty smart for a MacGyver villain. Yeah, I, I agree, and I don't think it was as bad as previous like depictions of other True. regions in the world. Yeah, that it wasn't we've quite seen, as racist as some of the other ones, but. Yeah. It wasn't great. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot of cultural we still awareness. still wasted an elderly man in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, who lived to the end sort of too? I thought the same thing. And then I was like, am I being racist by being but like, they look they, the same, but they're different people, right? Am I right or not? I thought that was the same. <clears throat> I thought that was the old guy from the beginning that they shot. Yeah. And then he was still like alive okay. and then they killed him. Then eventually. they tortured him with the board and then killed him again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For, Maybe they only had one actor and they were like, <laughs> Listen, they, might have, they ran out of bullets. He was like, Oh, we only had one. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell what was happening either. I couldn't tell whether that was supposed to be the same guy from the beginning or somebody new, but it was not another helpless, defenseless old man. But yeah, I mean, he, he put himself in harm's way to stall these people, bought them an extra nine seconds and then got murdered. Yeah, got shot right away. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I'm old. And by the <laughs> way, he wasn't that old. I was like, this guy's like, what, like 60? This is not <laughs> used up. I should die soon. Buddy, like, just go into the thing. Go yeah. hide with him. I also love a French villain. Right? Mm -hmm. How French was that French guy? That French guy was super French. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got a little bit of trivia on him. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw when... Avengers came out that that little scene near the end with uh, Steve Rogers being old, being like 85 years old, and he's sitting there like on the bench. Do you guys know this scene? No, I don't. Uh, I haven't anyway, seen that. They do. The, they made a big deal out of the CGI of it because it really looks like him as an old man. Um, a lot okay. of people actually like made made jokes because it kind of looked like Joe Biden. Point is, this French guy served as the model for that. So he was like sitting on the bench and they like superimposed Chris Evans image over it and they aged the whole thing down. So dumb but i thought it was a funny That's little bit crazy of so he's still around yeah. and he's, he's still, still around working. and old right. yeah yeah they saw his resume and they were like oh you're the guy that stole the igniter on that macgyver <laughs> okay we love your stuff will you play joe biden for this movie in cgi <laughs> awesome uh what did we think i mean we got to talk about the 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 love interest, the Deborah. What'd you, what'd you guys think of Deborah? Uh, I mean, so again, just there to reflect more light upon MacGyver. No real <laughs> other than like God, other than the pious nature of her. It was only MacGyver. I do think it's funny that MacGyver is this super genius. And yet he tackled his ex-girlfriend thinking it was some sort of <laughs> like enemy. In, right. You know what I mean? He like yeah. tackled her. He's like, what? Deborah? Yeah. MacGyver, get it together. Is yeah. he okay? Oh, I love that moment too. Cause he looked so confused. And then um, there's a moment when, uh, <laughs> when Pete's supposed to come in and say, we'll talk about it later. And he's late on his entrance. There's like, he like huffs into the, <laughs> huffs into the frame. You're like, take that again. Give him another shot at it. He's so it's, slow. I feel like the thing with Deborah is that they, it's like a classic Madonna horror thing because they're just like, how can we make her as innocent seeming as possible, but also leave no doubt in the audience mind that MacGyver has fucked her in the past. Like yeah. that feels like all they were doing. And also Mar another person at Marvel. Yeah. Gosh, MacGyver, I mean, you really still know how to do it, don't you? <laughs> Boy. So great. They, we've got another really great example of something they do a lot in this show where the first time a woman from MacGyver's past realizes that he's back in town or he's, you know, in in the vicinity, the way she says his name is just uh. truly <laughs> insane. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> What's his first name? We don't find that out until the last season. Oh, wow. It's Angus. Angus. Uh, because the internet knows that and the new reboot is, Ang but like it was a big deal. It was a big yeah, reveal right, right. in 1996 or whatever, because he'd never said his name. And tonight on Sweeps Week, we're going to find out MacGyver's first name. Oh, man. I'd have been there. 
No question. <laughs> I'd have been there. Little dumb me, like, come on, Angus, that's perfect. Oh my God, what a nerdy name. No wonder he doesn't want to say it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I remember. I was I was that kid. Uh, I thought the, uh, well, getting into their escape and everything. Um, do you, you mentioned the Asian kid before that he like takes the baseball from and returns the yeah. baseball to at the end. And I was like, this is hilarious to me because he walks straight up to this kid and starts speaking English. The kid shows no I no, no recognition that he speaks English. There's two scenes with this kid. This kid never says a word. And the whole yeah. time I'm like, this they didn't want to pay this kid to speak. That, that's yeah. what this is. You know? They couldn't even give him direction. Not even one line. Just like, okay, MacGyver. Like like establish that he speaks English at least. If he didn't speak English, then the man just stole his ball. Right. He's like, cool, yeah. this guy's an asshole. Great to meet this. I'm glad this guy's down here. Yeah. Yeah. We're down here in a fucking cave and the only thing I had to play with is a ball. Yeah. This weird guy took it. Awesome. What a He's great unraveling day. Unraveling it. Another ignorant American comes yeah. in and just steals from China. Hey, baseball. Give me baseball. Let me take it apart. Oh, what a cool guy. USA. What a great foreign policy. It really I do question there's a big hole in this for me and maybe you guys can shed light on this like why were they deploying that many soldiers like in service <laughs> of capturing like a couple of nuns and some <laughs> orphans like what well i think it was i mean wasn't it pure revenge because sister maria had like stopped them from beating, beating someone to death yeah. and they were like this is such bullshit we have to kill her <laughs> not now right. in a few days it just seems like a, such a waste of resources to yeah like why yeah how many people did we assign to kill that nun just the 50 all right that seems yeah. like the it's right like, amount give them something give them some like plans for a secret missile that the nuns are holding like right. something that, that yeah. gives us a little bit of uh, all be out front waving this pistol around the whole time yeah, <laughs> yeah. um oh i wanted to mention about the about the deborah thing they have that little flashback where she writes him a dear john letter and i was like Ugh. this is the cheapest flashback i have ever seen it was like all in low lighting he had like a picture of her on a nightstand he's like sitting i in loved chair. the pan to that picture because yeah. <laughs> it, it just was like all right we have uh utility closet and five yeah. minutes to yeah. get done. Yeah, it's honestly the director was like a MacGyver on set. He was yeah. like, we have a closet, a camera and an actor. Let's yeah. do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, the other thing about their relationship, uh, this ha this has happened in several uh, previous episodes is this weird face touching romantic thing. That, that was does. so creepy. It's so gross. Uh, well, it's also, he's got like jungle hand. Like, it's yeah. not like he's just like, <laughs> Purelled his hand like he's just yeah. and he just gives her like the weirdest Sweaty. like yeah like if i were her i'd be like that's where she made the decision to go with god She's yeah like, that yeah. is exactly no no one wants to be touched oh. that way on their face i promise you that especially maybe this is like a post-covid world uh, lens <laughs> that i'm talking through but i'm just like get the hand away from me i think even no. pre-covid that move i in my lifetime that would never have been a good thing to do ever. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just wonder if maybe it's more of a storytelling thing where you just have to communicate it's something efficiently and mm -hmm. it, it's more of a, a TV movie thing than a real life thing. Right, because right. I can tell you, you don't see couples out in public touching each other's faces like that. No. I, you know, it almost feels it has the same sort of attempt at the resonance you get from the almost kiss and stop like we got to move right but mm -hmm. that seems so much more applicable to yeah, like right right because it's yeah. mutual because it's mutual yeah and yeah. it's or like taking it, someone's hand holding yeah, her hand yeah right been great yeah you know? yeah a hug i mean a hug would have been <laughs> weird but at least would have been two fingers slowly rolling down her cheek <laughs> while she was like jesus christ <laughs> Oh my God. Um, I love watching, um, Pete, uh, action, um, Pete saving the day with, <laughs> with the fire extinguisher and then punching the guy out and trying to, you know, tie him up. He's just uncoordinated everywhere he goes. Um, and he's also kind of, kind of dumb. Like, like at one point she said, the nun says like, we have to fix the chopper ourselves. And he goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah I'm like, you work for the fucking CIA, man. Like, <laughs> Lady, lady, lady. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> Are you crazy? By the way, uh, the helicopter pilot was fine, but chose to sit out the repair of the helicopter. <laughs> uh, like, right. Yep. Uh, any cool stuff? Anything you guys really enjoyed? 
I mean, him making that flair was cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a genuine MacGyverism. That's like trapped yes. in a room, building a rocket to get someone's attention. That's like vintage MacGyverism for sure. It was also well done because he checks the chimney to see if they can sneak out of it earlier. So right. you're aware that there, it, this is a bit of a shoot in some way. Um, I did. I agree. I think the rocket was cool. Uh, I also, the most, to not answer your question, I'll tell you the most uncool <laughs> was when he put the vines together to fling some stones eight feet and convince no one of anything. Yeah, and in order rosary. to do that, he's got the rosary bead laser, <laughs> yeah. which was just like, oh boy, this is yeah. a lot. This even the, even the writers are probably like, can we do that? Can we get away with this? Is this a real stretch? Yeah. Well, people buy the laser from the rosary bead. It's I, you feel like they had to, they had to figure that like, we have to do something with this religious imagery. We have a treasure trove of things we could use. Um, but no, and we that can't have him beat somebody with a cross. So unfortunately, yeah. no, right. It would have been great if she handed him the rosary beads and then he just threw them deep into the woods. And he's just <laughs> like, Come on, you're going to pick that over me. What are you I'm stupid? your God now? Huh? <laughs> Does your God have two fingers that he can slowly rub down your cheek without your permission? <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you one thing that I, I haven't laughed genuinely at any dialogue in this show until this moment. I don't think when they bring him, they bring him this paddle with the writing on it and they go, these are your crimes. And he goes, Hey, you spelled my name wrong. And then they kick him in the nuts or whatever. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that is genuinely right funny. I was like that. I actually got me to laugh. Hey, you spelled my name. It was a wise ass thing that actually worked. I, <laughs> I think you've been insulated in the MacGyver world. You're starved. Yes. You're <laughs> so starved for MacGyver comedy. Like that. That's a good zigger. Hey, good one. I'm turning into my dad is what's happening. <laughs> hey, good one. Yeah, we're going to have to see what your uh, comedic output is going to be like yeah, after right? quarantine. Oh, we got to see who you're booking. We got to see who's at the Vermont Comedy Club right, the first right, two right. months. That'll be very telling. <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> Angus MacGyver. What? Nathan, are you all right in there? <laughs> I don't know, you guys. I saw that Tom Holland, uh, Spider-Man's thinking about doing stand-up now, so anything can happen. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. I just have to wonder why. Like, what is... Because it's not out of a need, you know? No, and, yeah. it, and it doesn't appear to be out of, like, a wealth of... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this 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 purpose to just Con yeah just this get it calling, out yeah you know? um so what is it <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know anyway it's funny because I actually thought Pete and Margaret had better chemistry than MacGyver and Deborah I was Correct. like you know yeah. they're they're doing stuff together and they they both turn to each other and say be careful at the same time it's like kind of a cute like oh these yeah. like old people kind of like each other as opposed yeah. to like manufacturing this like this rage that he has about like the fact that he she left him and he he deserves an answer and he's gonna throw his whole life away for this fucking like ma plate of mashed potatoes like <laughs> i don't believe that for one second <laughs> well, i think that's a testament to the actress who plays margaret over anything yeah, maybe. else yeah, I yeah she just was really solid. Yeah, she was good. Well, I think it's also in their dynamic, you could have a dynamic. Mm. In MacGyver's, it's just, again, like hero worship, where you've just got to be like, mm -hmm. gosh, right. MacGyver, you really are so good at this yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because yeah. I, I would venture to say that like a 1986 or 7 or whenever this came out, audience did not want to see a, a female character like taking MacGyver guyver down a peg like that is not something right. yeah. that that the audience wants so they have to make these characters just so deferential to him which now just it feels strange to watch yeah mm -hmm. it, it really does i mean it it is when you watch movies from that era or or shows like this from that time it really was just so simple and straightforward if you think about the story of this episode it really was just basically like pick up MacGyver and Deborah because she falls out really far, by the way. I can't believe we talked about that yet. <laughs> she, yeah, she falls real far out of that helicopter. Just and then falls he falls out jumps. of a helicopter. Yeah, she falls far out of a helicopter. Then he jumps. Yeah. And then so the story of the episode is we need to go pick them back up. And there are obviously some things going on. But for the MacGyver A story, he's basically just like, let's go this way a little further. Yeah. <laughs> 
now we should head back this way. It's been a long enough time. It's like, there's not a lot of gamesmanship happening. Yeah, it's just a video game at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet somehow the villains were able to figure out which way he was going based on those traps he was laying. Um, yeah. and, I mean, really, the stone, the stone booby trap where it flew so far, it only hurt them because they were already hiding right. in a tree there. Right. It would be better to be like, we weren't ever here, but instead they set up <laughs> this thing that they found. So they're like, they've been here. They're at least like, within a 50 yard radius of this. Trap. Yeah. yeah. If I, I mean, it would be great to see her like, Hey, this one feels like it was just, I, were you showing off? We feels yeah. like we didn't need this one. I would love to zoom out and see what actually the area we're working with is like, was it just <laughs> someone's backyard? It is. <laughs> I, it is so small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, the bushes and shrubs at the Warner Brothers, like a security guard was <laughs> yeah. probably like, hey, oh, sorry, sorry, MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved, yeah, I loved her falling out of the, I mean, it was, that was such a, like, story point where it was like, okay, we have to get these orphans, like, rescued, but we have to, like, put MacGyver in a situation where he and the girl are, like, on the run. How do we get them out of the helicopter once they're in the helicopter? And the idea just... <laughs> You just oh how about if she just fucking falls out of the hole in the oh. helicopter fifty feet onto the ground and he jumps after her like it was, I laughed so hard when that happened I was like what are you doing it, it it's it isn't I mean they must have tried to come up with a bunch of ways to do that and then eventually like it's season two of MacGyver who gives a shit she'll yeah. just jump out and then he'll jump after her yeah. but also but, after the pilot was shot when he was trying to land. The way that they were not able to shoot that with any real peril and that they had to sell it on the inside when they were doing that <laughs> only to have like a regular landing. Right. Um, but yeah, that fall was ludicrous. That was one of those things that they just got over so quick so that you weren't like, that was really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They fell out and then they like, but like got up dusted each other off are you okay am i okay yeah oh yeah there's still people shooting at us so we should probably go <laughs> once again i mean the the an absolute necessity in any action from the 80s is that the bad guys are not good shots yeah. and it yeah. holds mm -hmm. strong in this episode as well where for whatever reason marksmanship was just never something that they thought was going to be important <laughs> in this group Absolutely. well particularly with macgyver because he doesn't use guns so you have to be really you have to really kind of tip the scales in in his favor because he is never going to be armed. Does he explicitly say that? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And I think, and it's funny because, you know, in subsequent stuff, like for instance, MacGruber and uh, the new MacGyver, they just have somebody who's like a, a Navy seal right next to him the whole time, wasting everyone around him <laughs> so that he can do well, his MacGyver. So even on the new MacGyver, he won't shoot either. He doesn't shoot, but there's like a guy he works with who's a fucking former Navy seal. And that guy is just like murdering everyone around him. <laughs> so it's like, they know that like, it doesn't hold up in the 21st right. century, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, in today's America. Yeah. I mean, without yeah, question, yeah. it's like weird, but it is. Yeah. It's one of the ways that they try to sort of distinguish English MacGyver from like your typical action hero. Code. Um, yeah. yeah. To, to various um, <laughs> impact. I mean, sometimes it works and sometimes you're just like, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there just has to be a time where it's, I mean, is there ever an episode like it's, it's just the guns right there? And he's like, nah, I just. <laughs> there are times yeah. when he's we've seen him use a gun as a wrench to open <laughs> something. Oh, can you imagine being with him? Like, oh, great. Okay, he's gonna use the fucking gun. What are you taking that apart? Yeah, this. No, don't take. Don't, I'll shoot. I'll shoot it. I'll shoot it at him. I'll yeah. shoot the. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh, cool. He made a screwdriver out of a goddamn gun. <laughs> yeah. He bought us five seconds. Yeah. Like great. I said, it doesn't work. It usually buys five to 10 seconds. And it doesn't. Like, I mean, it's like you said, they have to find four or five times during the episode where he makes totally. So it's the hook. Force it yeah. In. So, yes, of course. And it is good. It is effective. I mean, you yeah. are like, oh, what's he doing? Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. I think we should take a quick break. Uh, and when we return, we're going to find out more about what Gareth has been up to these days and rank our episode on our science scientific DTMP rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. Enjoying this podcast? There's lots more you're missing out on. For just a few bucks, you can become a supporter of the Duct Tape and Paperclips Patreon. You'll get access to a special podcast feed with secret bonus content, 
where Annie and Nathan break down related stuff like the MacGyver Simpsons episode, Richard Dean Anderson's TV movie work, and lots more. At a higher level, you can even join Annie and Nathan in the Zoom when they record their episodes live and meet the comedian guests. And of course, supporters get access to cool merch like stickers, pins, even a custom engraved Swiss Army knife. Sweet! So what are you waiting for? Head over to patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod and join up today. That's patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod. Thanks for your support. Uh, we're back with our guest, uh, Gareth, before we get into our final segment here, uh, tell people what you're up to these days. You're doing Gareth's, you're doing this thing with your mother. Yeah, I, um, well, one of the weird, I mean, it is one of the weird things about the dollop. I had my mother on a couple of times and then like people really liked my mother. My mother, it's not like my mother's like zinging jokes. Like she just kind of is like, Ooh, that sounds strange. Doesn't it? She's this little (laughs) English woman. And then when we did a tour, because that used to be a thing in uh, the UK, <laughs> we had her. I had her come up for at a show. We were doing it at like a church, and a lot of, like hundreds of people there, and they just clapping for my mother. They were just so whatever. <laughs> so so I just leaned into it, and I just started doing like a little YouTube show with my mother, where my brother, my mother, and I every Sunday. Isn't that a podcast? My brother, my mother, and I. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I'm just starting it now. I'm going to make it out of MacGy- like MacGyverwood. And, um, and we basically just started like looking at old pictures and laughing. And then I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to do this just with my mother and put it on YouTube. And basically that's what we do. We just, whatever little bits, sometimes my mother complains that it's not very good or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's called pandemics and that's on my YouTube channel. And awesome. then, um, and then yeah, Gariff's is like, my background is improv and that's really what I do on the dollop is just, it. so that's what a lot of people know me for. So I just started doing um, where people can submit suggestions to an email that I don't check. And then I see every suggestion like right in the moment for the first time on a monitor. Uh, and then I just riff on it. And yeah, we've raised money for stuff. And that's so great. You know, it's just been a. It's, a, a uh, I mean, it's a ballsy do. thing to do and you're so good at it. I, I remember seeing, I've, I've seen that show set list a couple of times live. And, you know, every comic who does it, which is basically the same concept, uh, is, you know, terrified by it, exhilarated by it either never wants to do it again or, you know, like it's to put yourself through that every single week. It's a lot, huh? It is. I, you know, this is, this is definitely something that I am very comfortable with just not shutting up. Um, and you know, I didn't know how it was going to go, but people, people like it. And so I've just continued to do it, uh, every week, but it's just like anything else where you just go some nights it's fucking great. Yeah. And then other nights I'm going, boy, is anybody watching this yeah. shit? Like what's happening <laughs> out here? You know? Um, but it also gives me a way to like get content for like social medias and all that bullshit. So, you know, it's just a way to sort of keep, keep stuff going during the pandemic. Yeah. That is one of the things that is so striking about like everything we're doing in the pandemic is it can be sort of hard to like ascertain like who's listening and why. And I feel a little bit like, you know, we're shouting into the void with all these zoom shows and things. Um, so that's, yeah. Back to the original point of why yeah, um, the real world is going to be fun again. Well, you know, the other thing is that you would normally do shows and you can bang out the material and you keep doing it and keep doing it. But if you're doing a lot of these zoom shows, the, it's some of the same people are coming to these things. Mm. Yeah. So I feel like more inclined that I have to do new things so it is actually helping generate a lot of <laughs> new ideas, but it's right. like it's like the way I always thought I should work on the road. Um, but you know, you'll go like, oh, "I'm tired. I'll just do that." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so, but now you are genuinely like, "I'm like shit. I gotta think of something for tonight." Yeah, I mean, right. this is like Carl's here again. I have yeah, to figure something yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like where I want to email Carl and be like, "Hey, buddy, like it's just take two off, please. I'm, I kind of want to work this dentist thing a little bit." Yeah, so you've got like a shit ton of jokes that are like one inch deep. <laughs> yes, ex- ex- very much like the footprints in the river. Right, of course. <laughs> yes. Very similar. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, let's move on to our final segment, shall we, Annie? It's time for It's Classified. We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. Uh, so right now with our guests, we're going to rate this episode. Yeah, it's kind of a rapid fire thing. We're just going to rate this episode in a couple different categories. Gareth, you're a guest, so you go first. On a scale of one to ten, how exciting did you find this episode? 
Well, I, for the wrong, I, I hate to split my answer, but I'm going to have to, for the wrong reasons, a nine <laughs> for the right reasons, like a three. Right. Right. So, so, so you want to take an average or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't we? Well, no, I'll say a nine because that is true. There was enthusiasm <laughs> for me to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I could take a screen grab of the moment when I came on, when you were finishing the episode. <laughs> I think, you know, that is the delight of a. You know, Joy. Of it's a like child. I opened a present. I didn't know I was getting a present and I opened one. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> oh God. Uh Andy, what do you think? I was not particularly excited uh by this episode. <laughs> I shocking really wanted <laughs> I know, like I've, yeah, we, you've asked me this question about every single episode uh, so far. So you have a sense of yeah, where I'm going with this. I really want to see a badass, cool nun who's doing exciting things. And I thought that this episode was going to be my chance um, because I've met cool nuns sure. in my real life and I never see them portrayed uh, in pop culture. Instead, we got Deborah, uh, who just. Um, MacGyver, will I, do you need a wet noodle? That's what I'm at. I'm, yeah, I, can you use a wet noodle? Just it wasn't. Margaret was kind of cool. Um, Pete could barely hold his shit together. Like, I, I just couldn't. Like, Pete, Pete probably has a doctor's appointment scheduled soon to be like, I haven't been right lately. I just, every time I see Pete now, all I can think of is what Jared Logan said about him, which is, oh, you mean the huffing 50 year old? <laughs> It's just such a perfect description of it. He really was like, he was not well. Like there was something happening with him. Um, So I got to say four. Four. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I'm probably going to be in between y'all because I, what I found exciting about this was uh, this is our good friend, Cliff Bowl, who directed this one. He's getting better at the action thing in that. At least there was like plenty of intercutting in this. We were cutting back and forth between three different storylines and they weren't afraid to bang back and forth between them, which oftentimes they are like they drag out one storyline before they'll go to the other one. So it really did like move along. And anytime there was like uh, emotional stuff where they were petting each other's faces and stuff and talking about God, they, it always ended with like a gunshot or somebody like creeping up on, like it ended up with stakes that actually you, they kept reminding someone you should have shot MacGyver in the hand when he touched her face. <laughs> I know that would have been, I would have, that would have brought yes. it to a nine for that, me. Yeah, that, that, the, the thermometer explodes there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a seven. Cause I found, I found it to be like, as it, as these episodes go, I was pretty like into it most of the time. Um, all right. Our next question is how well crafted was this episode? This is writing, directing, acting. <laughs> That's a one to 10. What do you think, Gareth? <laughs> well, I mean, aside from the gadgetry, which yeah. is, is good for sure. So I'll average that. And I would give like the, the stones, I've got to knock them for the stone yeah. throw. That was a real <laughs> feeble call from MacGyver. Um, I mean, really nothing really happens. It's just, gadget. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll just say, I'll say a six. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to be charitable on our account. It really is. No, no. I know you guys don't get like points on the show or anything. But I... <laughs> um, all right. How about you, Annie? Um, yeah, I'm going to say a, a three. Uh, I, <laughs> I was so um, just blown away by like, they had to separate um, MacGyver and Deborah from the rest of the group mm-hmm. you know, so they could have this storyline about their relationship and the way they chose to do that was with her just jumping out of a helicopter um i think it was that, gravity that did most of that the work was there. the most elegant solution yeah, that they yeah. could come up with so the writing was not on point so yeah it's a three i mean yeah yeah I, I mean, you've got to believe in God to make a jump out of a helicopter like that. hundred percent. So <laughs> she obviously made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I was going to leave. I was going to leave God for you, MacGyver. But then yeah. I jumped 600 feet out of a helicopter and we both lived. And I do think that like, at least uh, the one thing that I will say for, for the writing on this episode is that they, you know, had her stick with her decision to, um, yes, you know, follow through with her plan. Yep. That um, could have been uh, a lot worse. A lot worse. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. I think uh, some of the acting was decent. Most of the acting was not decent. The The direction was a little better than we're used to, but still kind of annoying. Like that scene where she falls out of a helicopter. I could have directed that scene. Oh, where, yeah. Like she had like grabbed onto the edge of the inside of the helicopter. We got an in- interior shot and there was a little bit of tension and then she fell. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, uh, they don't have time for that shit. No, it looked like she fell out of like a Stargate. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's Richard Dean Anderson's other show. Um, oh, right. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not doing that podcast. That's for somebody else. Not yet. You're not. <laughs> um, we'll see how long the pandemic lasts, right? right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a five for that. I'm going to give it a five. Uh, okay. On a scale of one to five now, how innovative was this episode? This is the MacGyverisms, the inventions, the... Um, well, the the rocket was the most inventive. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think what else he did. He did the stupid stones thing. He did. We didn't really talk about the the stuff he did in the cave. Like he built a the cave a, fuse yeah, was fairly useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he just came up with like a like a home alone like and you it know, bought the them ten seconds if that bought him no time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from the, again from the child whose ball he took, just a right, load right. of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go with the three just because of the rocket at the end but outside okay. of that it's weak but i'll say three you got it what about you annie i agree with three i'm also going to give it a three on that because the rocket as i mentioned i thought was cool and like pete and margaret managed to repair the chopper and mm. so like that is not something i expected out of those two so we're gonna give them a oh, point no that's that. pretty charitable uh, I think that's about right. I think three, because there's some decent stuff in here. But man, that that prism thing through the rosary beads, I was like, yeah, they're really trying to force this religious iconography. 80s cool factor, one through five. What do we think about like how cool this was from an 80s standpoint as it compares to other 80s pop culture stuff? It's very 80s. The mm-hmm. hair all around, <laughs> real 80s. Yep. The stereotypical bad guys, one guy talks, the rest are under fives, not getting paid. Um <laughs> There wasn't a lot of, am I wrong? There wasn't a lot of like music in it, which really would have helped. Like a lot of synthesizers. Babes or cars or anything, but we did have like a lot of American exceptionalism going on. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yes. So I'll go with the three again, just because I also think that in, I probably saw an episode that's a little weird because he's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So there's not a lot of 80s stuff going on. You would think that, but like, it's that's sort of gonna <laughs> supposed to be the premise of the show is that he goes all over the world and helps people and then for no fucking reason like there were four episodes at the beginning of the season that all took place in LA <laughs> so it's like I know why budget yeah, they're like look exactly all right, look we're giving you a second season but we're not flagging him to Thailand again absolutely well a lot of the world's um, wide uh, points that they visit look a lot like Southern California yeah, it's yeah. interesting yeah. they just don't <laughs> want to take the day to drive out to whatever mountain outside of LA they've been shooting on right yeah. right <laughs> There's, yeah, there's the Andes, you know, yeah, now yeah. it's the Andes, now it's Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, season three, they moved to Vancouver for exactly this reason. So we're going to see a whole different thing there. Um, what about you, Annie? Cool factor. You know, I agree with three because we didn't have any of like the cool synth music that I like to hear. We didn't really have him like, you know, running around in sunglasses. But I will say like <laughs> the hair and makeup on Richard Dean Anderson in this episode was really good. I, I feel like yeah, his hair... Good is really coming into um, <laughs> kind of yeah. what we think of as like the iconic MacGyver look. So mm-hmm. you got to give him points for that. <laughs> All right. he, he is an attractive man. He's like yeah. that, you know, that's yeah. what they, they solely cast for looks a lot, obviously on these things, but that was one where you're like, that's a very, that's a very attractive. Guy. Yeah. He's a handsome dude. Yeah. Um, all right. I think I agree with that. We'll give it a three. So the last two categories, we've given threes across the board, all three of us. Um, there's a couple of bonus categories real quick here. Uh, does he help out an old friend? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. I think she yeah. counts. I think Deborah counts. Um, if yes, does that friend die? <laughs> in, in a way, way. <laughs> in a way, the old Deborah has, we've had a spiritual funeral in a way. I don't think I'm going to dock her points for a rebirth. That, that kind of death can only take place after a death. <laughs> Reborn. Yeah. Um, uh, is, is MacGyver detained against his will in this one? Yes. Yes. I, and, Obviously, in a shanty full of options. <laughs> <laughs> what should we do with MacGyver? Put him in the option shanty yeah, overnight. Uh, is there fertilizer in there? Make sure there's fertilizer in there. Of course there is. What about a fuse? Yeah, there's a bunch of fuses. Come on, let's go yeah. to the bar. Exactly. I'm like, what did they? Were they just like drinking around the campfire this whole time? Like they are they- willing, by the way. To execute an elderly man at point blank range within five seconds. But these yeah. guys, when they catch up to them in the jungle, they're going to march them back to this room and lock them in there overnight. Well, wait, now that we're talking about it, <laughs> when the guard walks in and he's fake hung himself. Oh, we didn't talk about why that. Why would he give a shit? Wouldn't he just be like, all right, and walk oh, out? Cool. And say, yeah, like, wasn't there oh. their goal to kill them eventually? Yeah. Right? So it's like, so... wouldn't he be like, oh, great. 
I loved that moment because they didn't tell us it was coming or why or how he did it. It was just like, hey, a surprise MacGyverism. That's new. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Does his escape from this detention involve one of three things, either duct tape, paperclip, or a Swiss army knife? He must have used... No. no, they took the knife away from him. He had to make a knife. Yeah. Uh, he didn't use duct tape. He didn't use a paperclip. No. So he doesn't no. get those points. All right. Uh, that has been It's Classified. It's time to reveal the results. Out of a total possible 100 points, this episode receives 62 points, making it the second best episode of season two so far. Wow. What uh, is second, ahead of this? Uh, by 10 points, uh, it's quite a, a distance between number two and number one. Number one is still The Wish Child, the one about the magical <laughs> Asian child that they tried to sell into slavery. Um, so I'm just teasing that for you, You know, Gareth. when I hear it just as a... <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, when I just hear that as the log line, you know, yeah. some flags are thrown up. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there should be. Um, uh, but that's still number one out of all. <laughs> how? I, yeah, I don't understand how that's the best, but that's conversation for. Uh, I mean, that's, no. that's for the Smithsonian to figure out, Annie. Exactly. Right. We're going to get these tapes down the there um, as soon as exactly. we're done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, uh, any parting thoughts from either one of you? Gareth, thanks for joining us. This has been so fun. Uh, it's my pleasure. Um, my, I don't really have any party. I, I think that I will probably watch another episode of MacGyver at some point really soon. <laughs> it, uh, if you need any recommendations, you let me know. I, well, I, I know you've told me to avoid next week, but I'm oh, telling shit, you, that's man. the season two picture. So it is must mean something. Absolutely. Uh, Anything from you, Annie? Do we miss anything from you that you wanted to say? I've said all I need to say about this episode, I think. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check out our website at themacgyverpod.com and all our socials and our Patreon. It's all at the MacGyver Pod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us and Gareth, you can check them out for free on Pluto TV or watch CBS All Access, or you can buy the episodes on Amazon Prime. Join us next week. We'll be breaking down, as we mentioned, Season 2, Episode 8, Eagles. Take care, everybody. Remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends friends are the adventures adventures of of life. life. Good night, everybody.